I am testing this. I am testing this. Gunner made me a cool thing. Does it work? I don't know. Welcome to Women Travel, a podcast about the places women have been and the things they did there. Welcome to the end of 2020 and the dawning of 2021. And as I've been saying, if it can't be better, it can at least be different. I wanted to use this episode to look back at some of my favorite moments of the show and to include a bonus clip about modern rollerblading. Can you tell me a story about a comfort to you? It can be anything from making tea in the morning to watering plants. What is something that you've been enjoying doing every day? Oh, this is going to sound really strange for some people, but I have pet rats. <laughs> and they are a joy to me. And I, I love to just cuddle them and play with them and set up their cage and make new toys for them. And, and so that's like a daily. Do you knit? Do you knit rat toys? I do. And, and hammocks. And um, yeah, it's well, I guess. So knitting is another answer to that. But I, I knitting is like. I don't know. It's it's very therapeutic, and and I I do find it very comforting. But my love of animals is something that I just it's always been a a very strong part of who I am. Um, and so being able to take care of something else that relies on me, and that you know I can see the joy and the affection from that being, it's just it it's a wonderful feeling. What is something that's comforting to you right now from picking dandelions to lighting a candle? Ooh, I have been every day I have been meditating, going on a walk, doing a tiny little workout to move my body, whether it's yoga or just a tiny hit workout and limiting my news intake. <laughs> so those have kind of been my like four core things keeping me sane. Um, and then comforting is also I'm getting back into needle pointing and I'm reading a lot. Lots of things. Lots of things. Okay, when you go for a walk, what is something in particular that you've noticed or that you see a pattern? What's crazy is I've seen giraffes on my walks every single day. What? <laughs> I basically, so I live downtown Boise and I'm pretty close to uh, Julia Davis Park. And so I'll walk and do a loop around the zoo. <laughs> and I didn't even know that you could see the giraffes like when you're just walking through the park. So I literally say hi to them every day. It's pretty cool. They're just out. Wow. Cool. Yeah. Do they do anything different? Or are they just chilling? No, they're just chilling and walking around. But it's fun to see all the people. I mean, obviously, people in the park are keeping their distance from each other. Well, not obviously, but most people are. Hopefully, yeah. But it's fun to see everyone when they first see the giraffes for the first time. They're like, oh, my gosh, that's a giraffe. Because <laughs> a lot of people don't know that they're just, like, right there. My 
poor naive self mm. is like, oh, leeches? We'll be fine. Leeches are only in lakes, right? <laughs> False. You fool. They just hang out in the jungle everywhere. And they would like crawl up our shoes and get, they would like bite us through our socks. What? And then, like, some of them managed, and I am still in shock to this day, and I don't know how they did this, like, crawl through the mesh in our shoes and, like, attach to our feet. That happened less frequently, but it did happen. (laughs) And sometimes they would fall from above you, (laughs) from the trees and onto you. If you brushed against a bush, you had to be careful that you didn't actually also take a leech friend with you. (laughs) They were... Literally everywhere. You could look at the ground and you would see leeches. Wait for it. Just like wait for it. Drop. Yeah. <laughs> and so at some point, like after the first day, we didn't. Okay, first of all, on the first day, we didn't know that there were going to be leeches. We didn't realize that there were leeches until our guide at some point was like, after it had started pouring that afternoon. So we were all drenched. We hadn't eaten anything all day because we were told that we were there were going to be tea houses on the way, that we shouldn't pack food. The entire first day, we didn't find any tea oh, houses. No. So oh, we're wet, no. we're cold, we're hungry. We'd been hiking for, like, the entire day up this giant mountain. Um, and then our guide was like, oh, by the way, you might want to check your ankles because there are leeches. And then part of me, the naive part, was still like, oh, I haven't seen any. I haven't felt anything bite me. I don't have leeches on me. I roll down my sock and there are just, my ankles are covered in leeches. I hate this. <laughs> so. <laughs> I, I wish our people could see Morgan just absolute revulsion. Like the physical reactions we're getting from Morgan is amazing. Just absolutely get me. And like I was in, um, I was hiking as a kid and like we found like leeches, just like someone noticed that there were leeches in the water. And so everyone else freaked out and like I've just never gotten over it. And that's like the nightmare of having one drop from the sky is just gets me right to the core. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that, thanks. Yeah. I hate it. <laughs> what what advice would you give people who are gonna hike in monsoon season of Nepal? Don't <laughs> just pass on that. Well, and I was gonna say is like someone could have warned you, like maybe warned you several times, but you wouldn't have known because no, like looking up the Nepali word for leeches, um, I wouldn't have thought of that. Yeah. Mm-mm. Or they're like, haha, these dumb white people want to hike the monsoon. Let's go. Sacrifice to the mountain gods. <laughs> That's probably what it was. And honestly, I think if someone had told me, I probably would have just brushed it off and been like, Ugh, leeches, how bad can they be? Turns out really, really, really bad. <laughs> so bad. Um. <laughs> Were you ever inspired to eat the leeches, though? I mean. Absolutely not. Oh, okay. No, they're so, oh. It's like all the bad parts of, like, slugs and snails and worms, and it's just not good. We tried to step on one once that we found at a tea shop, and it just wouldn't die. <laughs> they're, they're nature's evil sponges. Yeah, the only good thing about leeches, though, is that they don't 
aren't known to transmit any diseases. Oh, fantastic. Like mosquitoes or ticks. So that's great. But our guide, she had these pouches of salt in wrapped in cloth that was supposed to work. I don't think it actually worked that much. I think in theory, if you sprinkle salt on a leech, it won't be happy and it might leave. But I think in all actuality, you're better off just plucking them off. Okay, yeah. Of you. I, I hear you. I hear your logic. <laughs> what if you had citric acid in there? Because that's a dry solution. Uh, or like a... It's basically like salt. You can crumble it up like salt and then just kind of put it around uh, your ankles and stuff. What if... Did you try citric acid? You know, we were fresh out of citric acid. Did you try burning them with chemicals? <laughs> I mean, why don't you just like put lemons in your socks mmm delicious these seem like all great suggestions um might I suggest the physical barrier first (laughs) so so what you're saying is you're willing to go back to Nepal during monsoon season and trying out our theories for absolutely not for science (laughs) not where I was going with this but Verena it's for science it's for science you get another episode. It's for science. <laughs> That's actually when I came home. So both of my parents are PhD scientists. Oh, fabulous. Um, Bring this information to them. See what they say. <laughs> okay. No, but when I came home from that trip and was hanging out with them and showing them my pictures and telling them about the leeches, my mom had all these questions for me. She was like, do they just, when they're full, do they just attach? Or like, how does that work? And what shape do they become when they drink your blood? And I was like, I don't know. I just pulled them <laughs> off. And she's like, oh, you should have watched them. Yeah, right? I was like, what? <laughs> like that scientific brain kicks in. And it's like, okay, I yeah. know. I know this is bad. Yeah. But I gotta know. Like, <laughs> Yeah, so that would have been my mom. But that was not me <laughs> at that moment. So I actually do know that one. So uh, just like ticks, leeches will uh, just detach once they're at full uh, full capacity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I definitely noticed that because then you would just start bleeding from places. Yeah. Isn't they, that like, neat? put in this like anticoagulant so they can drink you better. And then it just doesn't stop bleeding for sometimes hours. So... I really feel like we should change topics. <laughs> like, we have definitely been on this for too long. What? We we just don't want a 45-minute podcast about leeches? Come Not on. on this show. Uh, <laughs> so, Hi, welcome to the podcast where we study leeches and how they travel. Oh, my God. It would be like a murder, like one of those murder podcasts, but it would be like creatures that murder leeches. you. Yeah. yeah. I'd be in for that. Okay. Anyways. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> It's your first night performing. You're hiding behind a curtain. You've been practicing and preening in front of a mirror, but this, this is different. Before you go out, what are you the most nervous about? Um, so my first performance, I live sang, um, and I did a church's song. So it was something that not everyone had really been familiar with before. Wow. Um, so I was most nervous about remembering my lyrics, um, like because lip, lip syncing, you have it in the background, right? Like you can kind of hear it. So if you forget something, you can kind of catch on again. But I had to like remember every single word oh my um, God. from the start. So I basically just kind of sat there like drinking water and ignoring everyone before my performance. <laughs> and like friends are coming up and like, good luck, do well. And I'm just like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And like, everyone's like, 
is he okay? Is he mad at us? It's like, no, I'm just focusing and ignoring you right now. <laughs> but um, it worked. Like, I mean, I borrowed an outfit from my friend's 14-year-old daughter, and so I'm not that proud of my look that <laughs> night. <laughs> but um, but I sang everything the way I was supposed to, and so it worked out well in that. But yeah, the whole pre performance thing was definitely stressful for remembering lyrics and we had sort of all decided there were like three of us that decided we were going to perform at this show like three hours before um like we were like going back and forth but there wasn't really a lot of time to know for sure that like everyone was saying yes um so (laughs) or know the lyrics yeah so it was definitely i had been practicing the song for a few weeks Mm -hmm. because i wanted to do it but we were supposed to all do it together and it took until like we were getting ready before everyone finally agreed that yes we were going to all boy (laughs) yeah so it was it was a stressful first performance but once it was over i was like okay i did it yay (laughs) like i can say i'm a performer i'm incredibly (laughs) impressed by like just singing like the vocal part of it is just stunning to me Mm -hmm. like that is so nerve-wracking just even without having extra costume and dance maneuvers going on so um did you guys choreograph much (laughs) i am terrible at dancing so i tend not to move that much i also have some sort of health issues that prevent me from being as active as maybe some of the other more like fast moving performers um and when you're live singing the nice thing is that you don't usually have to do quite as much when you're moving because you're doing so much more to sing specifically. <laughs> um, so like I tried to move around, use the stage, but when it's your first time, you get sort of like, you think you're moving and doing stuff. And then you look at back afterwards and you're like, I was mostly just was standing just there. there. Wasn't I? Like... It was like a karaoke, <laughs> but you knew all the words. Yeah. yeah. You did your best. That's all that matters. <laughs> yeah. So I, I would love to talk about how I figured out you were a drag queen, if you're okay with that. I would actually like to know that, too. (laughs) Okay, perfect. Okay, so, uh, Chris, you're a professor at Boise State, and you teach linguistics and gender studies now? Yes. Yes. How long have you been a professor at Boise State? Um, It'll be five years after this semester, so I was a mid-year hire, so almost five years now. Awesome. Um, And how many students know that you do drag? Um, in my linguistics classes, not that many, Mm -hmm. um, in the intro classes, I don't really, it doesn't really come up. Um, Mm -hmm. in my gender studies classes, I do usually mention it because we talk about gender expression. We talk about things like drag and performativity. Um, so it comes up, um, in the queer studies class I'm teaching right now. Um, I gave them their first assignment and they can do a project that could include something like drag. So I showed them a picture of one of my more political Mm -hmm. performances. Um, And so I've outed myself sometimes in my queer studies and gender studies classes. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I accidentally did it once in my sociolinguistics class because one of my students came in wearing really cute boots and I asked what size they were and that I wanted to buy them. And then she ended up just giving them to me and I wore them like almost nonstop until the heel broke. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So to paint the picture, I was in your uh, intro to linguistic studies class. And one thing I immediately noticed about you, well, also you, like, introduce yourself as, like, having a husband, so I already knew you were part of my community. I was like, hell yeah. But you have very distinct tattoos. Very <laughs> distinct tattoos. Yes. So it was during, I believe, drag performance night in Boise are on Sundays? Um, yeah, during the competition season, yeah. 
Yes. So we went on a Sunday because I believe Monday was like a Labor Day or it was a holiday. So my friends took me to my first like real like gay bar and it was the drag night of Boise. And I'm getting tipsy watching and it was like the Star Wars night as well. So like there's just beautiful girls. Oh and, my like, god, that is the epitome of your Darth kind of Maul. night, Annika. <laughs> I know, like, the, uh, I get so flustered when I see drag queens all dressed up because I'm like, you're so beautiful. Ah. <laughs> anyway, so I'm tipsy. I'm like drinking my drink, just having a good time. And I'm looking up there and I was like, I know those tattoos. <laughs> and I was like turning to my friends and I was like, I think that's my linguistic professor. What the fuck? Because I learned when I get tipsy, I swear a lot more. And I'm like, I should, I should go ask her. <laughs> like, I should go ask her. And they're like, no, what if it's not your professor? Then you're just going to make him feel weird. I'm like, no, 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 no. I know those tattoos. I'm going to do it. And so when I sobered up, I was like, shit, those were your tattoos. Those are your stars. And I saw you like in the classes like, <gasps> and so I didn't want to like <laughs> approach you be like, I saw you at the bar the other yeah. day because that's kind of creepy as a student. So I kind of like edged in with a with fan art. I was like, here you go. You're gorgeous. Here's a here's a little painting I did for you. <laughs> I know you, and I love you, and I accept you. <laughs> it was my first piece of fan art. I still have it. Um, <gasps> it's, it's in the spare room with the rest of the drag stuff that I don't yes. fit in anymore. <laughs> On the left side was uh, rocks. <laughs> Sorry. Rocks! Um, <laughs> energized crystals. <laughs> And then rocks. They had pendulums. Oh shoot! Both both times that uh, spiked. Uh, rocks. Nope, spiked again. <laughs> um, so rocks, rock. <laughs> the language that we find in drag is stuff that's making it into mainstream culture now, and it's things like you know tea and shade that like everyone says now that has been around for decades yeah. in like especially queer of color communities that are now being <laughs> appropriated by cis white people um, and they don't necessarily realize the history of it so a lot of the language that seems new is actually not even new at all um, but then even just the way that we're talking about some of these other expressions of drag you know like what do you call a non-binary performer um, that doesn't want to be a king or a queen um, and so there's been talk I don't know that we have a like answer that's been accepted but there's been talk about it um, you know like do you just call them royalty or um do you call them like some sort of other like term and they there's been some playful attempts to kind of you know use um like drag person or drag being or drag beast drag beast um, like <laughs> drag beast. um you know there's different things like that um or the female drag queens um even just a few years ago when i was first doing this research they were typically called bio queens um, to represent that they were cis and they were performing the same gender as what they identified as. They're also um, techno, then... as in they like glow in certain spots, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Bioluminescent queens. Cybernetic, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but that was very quickly sort of taken down, especially by that group of performers by saying, well, like, this is also very essentialist. This also is reducing me to my genitals when that's not what I'm doing. And that's why I'm being discriminated against in the community in the first place is because I don't have a penis to tuck. So like, why are you telling me that, like, I have to be this different class? I'm also just a drag queen. Um, and so that's something that's even just changed in the last couple of years. Um, I remember the first time I saw a female drag queen perform, this was when they were called faux queens. 
which already yeah right it already has that sort of air of like you're not really a queen because you're like you're you're tricking us into being a drag queen um yeah and so the language even for something like that has changed a lot over time um and i think we'll continue to see um some new terms come about as there is more variety so sometimes you think you see um them use something like a femme queen for someone who's non-binary but performing as a more femme character um and so there's some attempts to try to get into that, but um, I'll be interested to see how that kind of pans out over time also, because I don't think there's answers to a lot of all of the changes that are happening yet. And so that's the fun part of language is seeing what sticks and what doesn't. Um, so maybe we'll end up with some fun new terms. So um, I just went down that route and again, you know, that was, I graduated in 2010. I had a lot of stuff in between, but um, when I settled down, you know, the existential dread of the world, which was really just palpable 2016, you know? Oh, like, boy, we thought yeah. that was the worst, but anyway. That's actually why I don't, I'm not comfortable drinking apple cider, is because I had the misfortune of, like, that was the mm. drink of the night on election night. Oh. And I was planning to get, like, celebratory drunk traumatic yeah and now i'm like apple cider makes me uncomfortable <laughs> bad things happen with apple cider <laughs> bad people get more power <laughs> oh no yeah that's no, okay yeah so 2016 you know um rolled around i found myself in boise interestingly enough um and i it was we moved here right when um the current president was uh, inaugurated and I spent probably the first like month crying on the floor uh, of living here um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and really make, having my partner doubt his choice to move here with me because um, I'm no <laughs> do you do this a lot is, um, is this something I could expect for the long term is it an altitude thing is <laughs> <laughs> no but um, once I like pulled myself off the floor I just was like I can't be sad I can't be despondent if I'm not working to try and change things right I just didn't feel like I, I had the right to wallow unless I was like out there trying to make things better, at least in our little bubble. And so that was the 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 start of it. I started volunteering like everywhere. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. This is gonna be a big question. Okay, bring it. When Are we people exit huh? or no, 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 no. Right. <laughs> when individuals are trying to figure out a certain purpose I think you've done a very good job of finding that for yourself and I wonder if you have any advice for people who who truly do want to do better things and they don't want to feel uh actionless Mm -hmm. I guess how would you recommend or what helped you find that purpose or that that sense of really strong direction Mm -hmm. I mean I think it's again it's just kind of looking looking at what makes you happy like what is your interest you know the, the the fact that I had to listen to that or that note that the biggest thing I I saw between the east coast west coast was like that structure of community you know mm-hmm. that that struck me and I think just listening to yourself and like noticing where your interests peak and also looking at where where you feel comfortable you know being in there you know I I'm a people person. I like to talk. I like reaching out to people. And, you know, where there's part of me that was like, well, maybe I could just go, you know, um, do something behind the scenes. I was like, well, 
I like talking to people. I, I, it's a skill yeah. of mine. And yeah. so interjecting myself into situations where I can <laughs> be helpful in that way, you know, is very me specific thing. But I think, I think you just have to check in. Where's your interest lie? Where do you want to make change? What are you good at? What are you comfortable doing? You know, because yeah. there are so many entry ways into being impactful in your community. Just figuring out where it feels good for you. Samoans are known for being, I think it's the happy people. You guys are called the happy people, correct? Yes, we are. Yes, and you guys have the slap dance, and you have something called a chihu. Yes. (laughs) So I can imagine why you guys have an alcohol that kind of, you know, numbs your throat a little bit. It just helps us bring everything out, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So I was first introduced to the chihu because i had a wonderful tour guide who i can't remember his name but he's half mouth yes he was so much fun and so on the bus ride to the chief's luau he was like okay we're gonna practice our chihu because there is an actual samoan princess and he goes and when we see her we're gonna do our best chihu and so we were like what's a chihu he's like it's it's kind of a happy chant, but I'll but also what is the definition of so chew is really just an expression of your your emotions you're happy you're joyful and so you want everyone to know that you're you're excited and you're you're having fun so it's something to really bring the excitement along you know just sharing with everyone else so it's almost contagious to where if you were to chihu <laughs> any other poly that would hear it i mean guaranteed they're gonna chihu back <laughs> and that's kind of what happened that's kind of what happened with um, Anika's bus, their their yep. group with Mafi. Yep. Um, I heard it, and yes. next thing you knew, I was <laughs> they heard me too. Yep. <laughs> so it's really funny because like I in the tour bus, it's kind of mostly like honeymooners or kind of like a older like tourist couple because it was kind of out of season for tourists it was, it was, uh, end of February beginning of March and so he's like okay we're all gonna practice our chihus he's like the back of the bus and I was like chihu and then he's like okay middle chihu and then I'm in the front and I'm gonna take my headphones off and do this in the back because it's loud yes uh, and then he's like people in the front it's about to get real, guys. <laughs> She's walking across the room. She's oh. <laughs> that was great. And everyone stops and looks at me, and they're like, "Oh, she's got it." So when we saw Vatel, I went, "Jehu!" Oh, uh, is that my cue? Okay, yeah. sorry. I'm gonna have to step away a little bit, which yes. I'm pretty sure is not gonna make much of a difference. <laughs> It was so much fun to hear it, and it was just so amazing. It was I actually stood in the hallway. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, that was awesome. It's so crazy. I, I find it hilarious every time someone does that. Um, for me, it's just naturally, if someone were to chihu, I'm going to chihu back. Even if I don't know you, but that's just kind of like, that's how we find each other. <laughs> 
I love that. That's fun. I wish I had something like that, but I'm just going to have to sit here and be, be jealous. But I don't think they were expecting that from me either. Right. Yeah. Okay. I know what I'm going to ask after I drink this water. We are taking water breaks. Mm-hmm. This girl is tired. This girl is so tired. <laughs> tired, tired. <laughs> okay, so tell me, how, how did you hurt yourself? <laughs> um, so my skater friends and I, we're roller skaters, and there's kind of a community growing in Boise of roller skaters. We all just kind of met each other randomly at the skate park, just like one at a time. Uh -huh. And then um, we all just kind of became friends, and then we all started meeting each other. And then um, there was like a group of 10 of us that decided to go to Middleton Skate Park and Star Skate Park um, this past weekend. And it was like the first skate park we got to, it was Star. And I was so excited to be there, I was skating around. And then I like went up a ramp on like my bad side oh, and yeah. my body kind of just forgot what to do. So I just like completely fell sideways and just straight to my knee. <laughs> and I just kind of sat there for a second. I was like, you know what? I'm okay. I'm okay. And I like, tried to skate around for a little bit, but eventually I like couldn't even, I couldn't skate. I couldn't walk on it. So I've just been sitting with it like elevated for the last couple days. Oh God. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it was a cool skate trip. We hung out, went to different skate parks. Yeah, I was going to say, what's the difference in skate parks? Because it's like to, to the... Uh, in expert eye it just looks like a bunch of concrete and like oh there's some ramps yeah like, yeah what are the differences so roads is definitely like og the best yeah. yeah um it has like every aspect it has like a street aspect which is like a lot of rails it has like boxes you can jump up on and like go down but then it also has a bowl which is like a pool but empty pretty much so you uh -huh. can like carve around in there you can do some tricks on like the half pipe and stuff and then it has like an even bigger bowl which we call the pro bowl um okay. so it's like really deep so it just has a little bit of everything and then star doesn't have any bowls it's just like a lot of street stuff and a lot of like interesting like pyramids and rails and it has like a, ma a massive like quarter pipe which uh -huh. is what i hurt myself on <laughs> um and then middleton has a bowl and then it has like mainly street stuff but it's just like it's just different street stuff than Star. Okay. <laughs> it's like just different levels and different heights of things and different inclines and I don't know. They can all be very different once mm -hmm. you like start like going at it, if that makes sense. Yeah, like once you get a feel for what you're looking for, like you can find what you're good at, what maybe you're not so good at. Those yeah, kinds of things. yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Huh. Like, I know I've gone to CUNA Skate Park a couple times because they have a mini ramp, which is, like, like exactly what it sounds like. It's a mini ramp, so, like, the ramps are, like, super small, and it's a lot less scary to learn things on. Oh, yeah. So they have a mini ramp, but then a giant bowl. So you're, I literally go just for the mini ramp because it's fun, but then I can also skate the bowl, too, you know? Yeah. So, like, I go, you go to different skate parks for different reasons and, like, certain aspects. <laughs> okay, I have one more question. Why do you think that there's, like, a growth in skate parks happening? Like, I would say 10, 20 years ago, they just wouldn't, they just don't, didn't exist. Um. Like, in, except for, like, special places in California. Yeah. yeah. I think that, like, I think, I think that they've always existed. Um, and I think there's always been a lot of them. We just, like, yeah. don't really think about it. Like, I know I didn't think well, about like, the skate park. planner had to be like, this is important. Like, oh, yeah. 
And like Boise would help would hold the X Games qualifiers for like the last few years, and that was because we had Rhodes. Like Rhodes yeah. is amazing, and it was like the Tony Hawk Foundation like helped build it. Oh no way! Um, yeah, I did <laughs> so, not know that. Yeah, it's it's super cool, and we're so lucky to have it. Um, so I think that people are there's just like more of a demand for it so then some cities are like trying to meet the demand mm -hmm. um and like just give people more options to like get outside um and then roller skating just kind of came back out of nowhere i started skating a little over a year ago at the skate park and like now like i only knew one person when i was skating back a year ago and now i know over 10 just in boise yeah um yeah, I don't even I don't know what to blame for that. You know, it just kind of happened. <laughs> I think that's I think that's really cool, especially with roller skating, because like there was the big roller derby thing, like that mm -hmm. was popular. So I guess that's kind of a question. It's like, have you thought about doing roller derby, or is that just like not something you're interested in? Um, I have thought about it. Yeah. There's a there's like a, a derby league in the Treasure Valley, mm -hmm. but it's a time commitment, and I care more about like learning tricks and doing cool stuff at the skate park more than like competing I guess yeah um okay. and it's like just a different scene than park skating okay. <laughs> so I'm not super interested but you know it could be really fun too <laughs> I always get the vibe that roller derby is pretty intense yeah 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 definitely you have to be like like a super badass to do derby because <laughs> like the whole point you're just like skating around in circles trying to go as fast as you can mm -hmm. to score points like one person is trying to score points and then the rest of the team is literally just trying to knock you out and it's yeah. like a full contact sport like football without all the pads <laughs> sweet so it's like rugby kind of yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh okay how'd you get started skating so i saw this girl on instagram her name was indy jamma jones that's okay. her skate name and she was on this massive ramp and she goes up and she does a full twisting backflip and lands and i was a cheerleader in high school so i can like i could do flips on the ground and when i saw her do that on skates i was like i want to do that <laughs> and so then i was like researching I was like what skates is she wearing what brand makes roller yeah. skates right now for adults yeah and i just like got super deep into the internet and i found like moxie roller skates got me a pair like that same like month pretty much and then just started skating, and I've loved it ever since. Wow. Because, okay, I got to say, like, I tried getting back into skating, and it was so freaking hard. Like, it was really hard to get, like, your skate legs, I guess. Yeah. Like, was there anything, or were you just like, yeah, I'm doing this, and, um, and like, just more I definitely passion. did not start at the park first. I would, like, skate around my driveway. Um, I would skate, like, just around my neighborhood just to, like, get stability like get yeah. my skate legs and then finally um one summer night we were just like screw it let's go to a skate park and like nobody's gonna be there it's like it's like yeah. almost midnight you know nobody's gonna be there i can make a fool of myself and it's fine and well, i went it's nice because it's lit up at night right? yeah, yeah yeah it has lights and they never really turn off so you can be there whenever yeah um so i went and i was just going down the little hills and it was amazing it was so amazing and i was like this is what i've been missing my entire life oh my god <laughs> damn that's a cool hobby that's like <laughs> yeah. yeah it's a it's such a blast and like the people you meet are so cool mm -hmm. i've traveled to oregon like a few times for um a few meetups of like other roller skaters and i went on a skate tour last summer through central oregon and we went to like six skate parks that's in a weekend so freaking wild it okay. was amazing <laughs> 
very cool. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> All right, Kennedy, thanks for letting me interview you on that. Definitely, anytime. <laughs> Because of this podcast, I've been able to interview so many wonderful women about their challenges, their triumphs, their everyday lives, and just fascinating things that they've experienced. So here is my long list of thank yous. Annika, I want to say thank you first for hopping in with enthusiasm, for being so open-minded, and for being vulnerable with your commentary. Especially, I want to thank you for teaching me how to play Nerds this year. Kiwi, I want to thank you for your contribution of the song Circle K in your band King and Queen of the Losers. It's still available on Bandcamp if any listeners want to check it out, but Kiwi, you have been a very cool friend. Thank you to Jacob Stevens and Tammy Chenoweth for your endless support, as well as your support on Patreon, and most of all for keeping me accountable and texting me on days when I'm late publishing an episode. You are truly the reason that I've been able to make it this long, and I thank you so much. As well, thank you to all of my lovely guests who have let me interview them and ask them questions about their lives and to let me see in through their living rooms through Zoom. Uh, and this includes... And this includes Chef Danny, Natasha from Erotique, Verena, who I actually met hiking this year, Crystal, Crystal, who shared her stories about Alaska, Chris, aka Aiden and Terez, Princess Vatau, uh, Kelsey, Katya, Arlie, and Kennedy. Thank you as well to Katie of the Traveling Spud, Georgette, and for her advocacy work. I am always impressed. As well as Kat, the comedian on Instagram as Kathy Lasagna, and finally, Diana DeJesus, who I asked out of the blue, and she was a fantastic guest last January. You're all wonderful, perfect human beings, and I hope we can continue to travel together. Oh.